Number 364, Away in a Manger, verses 1 through 3. Number 364, verses 1 through 3. Next one is 386, verses 1 and 4. 386, verses 1 and 4. time for one more. Let's do 367. Angels from the realms of glory. It's back to the left. 367. And we're going to do 1, 2, and 5. 1, 2, and 5.
All right. Well, officially, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Thank you for joining us in worship today uh, as we begin day one of our Christmas season. And we will celebrate and rejoice and give thanks for the birth of our Lord and Savior, the long-promised Messiah. Uh, today and that day, uh, salvation has been born to us. And so let's open our worship today with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we, thank, we are so very thankful for this day, this Christmas day that you have made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, we thank you for our Savior's birth. We thank you, Lord, that it was this promised Messiah that was prophesied about for so long. And finally, Lord, your people, your very own children, received the good news. The good news that today a Savior had been born to them who is Christ the Lord. And so, Lord, it is in his name that we are gathered here today. It is in his name uh, that we begin our worship. In his name we pray. Amen. Please stand. Grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. We begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus is the Son of David. Our Jesus is the Son of Abraham. Our Jesus is the Son of Solomon. Jesus is the son of Mary. Jesus is the son of sinners. Let us worship Jesus. We now sing, O Come All Ye Faithful, number 379, verses 1 through 3.
If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our heart. We have not loved our nature as ourselves. We just deserve your presentation of life. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and leave us. So that we may be delighted in your world and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake God forgives us all our sins. To those who believe in Jesus Christ, he gives the power to become the children of God, and bestows on them the Holy Spirit. May the Lord who has begun this good work in us bring it to completion the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. We now sing the final verse of hymn 379, O Come All Ye Faithful. God, you made this most holy day to shine with the brightness of the true light. Grant that as we have known the mysteries of that light on earth, we may also come to the fullness of his joys in heaven. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. The Old Testament lesson for this Christmas Day morning comes from Isaiah chapter 9, beginning at the second verse. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as men rejoice when dividing. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government, in peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, 
establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Almighty Lord will accomplish this. This is the word of our Lord. The epistle lesson is found in Hebrews chapter 1, beginning at the first verse. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. This is the word of our Lord. Please stand for the gospel. The Holy Gospel for this Christmas morning is from Matthew chapter 1. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, and Judah the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar, and Perez the father of Hezron, and Hezron the father of Ram, and Ram the father of Amminadab, and Amminadab the father of Nashon, and Nashon the father of Solomon, and Solomon the father of Boaz by Rahab, and Boaz the father of Obed by Ruth, and Obed the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of David the king. And David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah. And Solomon, the father of Rehoboam, and Rehoboam, the father of Abijah, and Abijah, the father of Asaph, and Asaph, the father of Jehoshaphat, and Jehoshaphat, the father of Joram, and Joram, the father of Uzziah, and Uzziah, the father of Jotham, and Jotham, the father of Ahaz, and Ahaz, the father of Hezekiah, and Hezekiah, the father of Manasseh, and Manasseh, the father of Amos, and Amos, the father of Josiah, and Josiah, the father of Jeconiah, and his brothers at the time of the deportation to Babylon. And after the deportation to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Sheeltiel, and Sheeltiel, the father of Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel, the father of Abiud, and Abiud, the father of, of Eliakim, and Eliakim, the father of Azor, and Azor, the father of Zadok, and Zadok, the father of Achim, and Achim, the father of Eliud, and Eliud, the father of Eleazar, and Eleazar, the father of Mathen, and Mathen, the father of Jacob, and Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, whom, of whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. So all the generations from Abraham to David were fourteen generations. 
And from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations. And from the deportation to Babylon to the Christ, 14 generations. This is the gospel of our Lord. We continue by reciting together the Christmas Creed as it is found printed in your bulletin. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, who sent his Son as my Savior on Christmas. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, announced by the angels, worshipped by the shepherds, and adored by the wise men, who lived to suffer, die, and rise again, to free me from sin, death, and the power of the devil. I believe in the Holy Spirit, who has brought me to faith in Christ at Christmas, and by whose work in my heart I am led to lay before the feet of Christ the treasures of my love and live under him as my King, both now and forevermore. Amen. Please be seated. Would you all pray with me, please? Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace and mercy and peace be yours this Christmas morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It is time to begin planning for the church's annual Christmas program. And you, know how the, uh, and you know how the events unfold. Again, several boys will be conscripted to wear bathrobes and pretend that they know something about shepherds. A dozen girls will gleefully volunteer to be angels, archangels, and the whole company of heaven. Crepe paper and glitter. Oh, glitter. Will be combined to create colorful crowns for the Magi who will undoubtedly sing off key. We three kings of Orient are. Others will be drafted to join the ranks of choirs who, through the ages, have memorized the lyrics to O Little Town of Bethlehem, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, and Joy to the World. And then, to unleash the church's greatest controversy since the outdoor picnic was rained out, a boy and a girl will be chosen to play Joseph and Mary. Add to, this, add to this cast a newborn baby, an innkeeper, a few straggly sheep, and presto, the program will be just about ready to launch. But one important component is missing. Who will the church get to direct the pageant? And after a thorough search, a director is specially selected and then given this mandate. Keep the bathrobes one color. Make sure everyone remembers their lines, and please, no angels with crooked halos this year. Six weeks of rehearsals, costume making, and much more will lead up to the night of nights. Anticipation will fill the air. The unstated goal is that after everyone reverently sings Silent Night, they will return home saying this year's program was the best yet. And should we really expect anything less from Matthew's Christmas pageant? 
Because if anyone can pull this off without a hitch, it will be an organized and efficient tax accountant, well, like Matthew. Looking at his genealogy, it's amazing. Matthew begins by impressively organizing his presentation of Jesus by employing three groups of 14. And in all likelihood, Matthew's 3 by 14 pattern is a play on the name of David, whose Hebrew consonants add up to 14. This indicates that Jesus is the Davidic son three times over. Quite the impressive theology. Studying his gospel more broadly, we see that Matthew plans to perfectly structure his narrative to highlight our Lord's five teaching blocks. The old-timers will love it, we exclaim with great joy. They will be reminded of Moses' five-part book that we affectionately call the Pentateuch. With great anticipation, the church meeting concludes on this high note. If anyone is going to direct a lights-out Christmas presentation, it's going to be Matthew. But at the next meeting, we look at Matthew's genealogy with greater scrutiny. Within moments, the committee is shell-shocked. Matthew has placed four huge eyesores into the program. Their names are Tamar, Rahab, and Ruth and a certain wife of Uriah. How dare Matthew go against the conventional wisdom of the day by letting women into his genealogy? One committee member sighs in frustration. Well, if he has to include women, why not invoke the names of our three lovely matriarchs, Sarah, Rebecca, and Rachel? And And another person adds this caustic, critique. Doesn't Matthew remember that lineage is traced through men and not women? And that the function of a genealogy is to give solemn honor to the final descendant, Jesus? Matthew breaks both of these ill-timed, Matthew breaks both of these time-honored rules. A vote is taken and it's unanimous. Stop the presses. The chairman then asks the inevitable question, Who picked Matthew to direct the Christmas program in the first place? Someone grabs a Bible and reads from Matthew chapter 9, verse 9. As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called called Matthew sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. The room becomes quiet, quiet enough to hear a pin drop. The reading continues with these words of Jesus. I came not to call the righteous but sinners. Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, and Bathsheba demonstrate how God chooses what is foolish in the world to shame the wise, and how he chooses what is weak in the world to shame the strong. Their presence in Christ's lineage foreshadows Jesus' love for other outcasts, like a Roman centurion servant and a Canaanite woman's daughter. At the heart of Matthew's genealogy is the gospel. Jesus loves people who are victims as as well as perpetrators of family dysfunction and deceit. Tamar, which would be 
to mar, who feel used and worthless, Rahab, who bury loved ones and endure the pain of leaving their homeland, Ruth, and who are used by others for pleasure only to witness the death of so many dreams, Bathsheba. In the end, these four women's lives are amazing testimonies to what Joseph told his brothers. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. So Matthew knew what he was doing all along. Could this be the reason that he includes this saying of Jesus twice? But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. He says that in chapter 19 and in chapter 20. Matthew adds a fifth woman to his genealogy, Mary. Mary also knew about this good news that turns everything upside down. In Luke chapter 1, verse 52, she sings of her God. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. Just like Tamar and Rahab and Ruth and Bathsheba. Mary's life began with extreme disgrace and angst. She was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit, and her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But Mary's life was vindicated. She became the very mother of Emmanuel, God with us. Matthew's Christmas genealogy prepares us to follow his gospel and to revel in the multitude of his messages of grace. Jesus chooses fishermen instead of Pharisees, sinners instead of Sadducees. Jesus chooses thorns for his crown instead of silver and gold, and spit and blood instead of sweetness and light, His choices lead to torment and torture and darkness and death. And this led to the greatest shock of all. Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, just as he said. Jesus' life overriding death and making all things new. The stone that the builders rejected has become the capstone This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. And so let's face it. Try as we might, our Christmas pageants at church are never exactly perfect. Ours last night was wonderful, splendid, phenomenal. Wasn't exactly perfect. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2 may be misquoted, that the babe's swaddling clothes may slip off at the most inopportune moment. The Christmas tree may remind us of Charlie Brown's sorry-looking stick, and the innkeeper may forget his lines again. And that's okay. Let it then remind you of how Matthew introduces Jesus. It is not with glitter and with Hollywood glamour. There are no fireworks or fine pedigrees. 
Matthew does not incorporate the kind of people who are finalists on American Idol. Instead, Matthew selects four broken and outcast women who in so many ways are just like us. No wonder then he records this stunning promise just after his genealogy. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And so thank God for annual Christmas pageants, but thank God all the more for the one inspired by the Holy Spirit and penned by a man named Matthew. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. At this time, we will gather our tithes and offerings. Uh, please find the red sign-in book that is in the pew that you are sitting in. And whether you are a member or a guest, please find that book and uh, sign it so that we know that you are here to worship with us. We collect our tithes and offerings. We are happy that you have joined us for worshiping this Christmas morning. We are a community of believers here at Trinity Lutheran Church, believers in Jesus Christ who seek to love God with all our hearts, with all our minds, and with all our souls. We have a deep desire that all the world would come to the saving knowledge of the truth of Jesus as Lord. We cordially invite you to worship with us every Sunday and join us for Bible class on Sunday at beginning 8.45 a.m.
74. Next hymn is number 374, Gentle Mary Laid Her Child. stand for the prayers of the church. Merciful and mighty Father, we thank and praise you for your word that spoke creation into existence. Your word directed, controlled, and shaped every the Old Testament. Merciful and mighty Father, we thank and praise you that your word became flesh. to bear our sin and be our Savior. Merciful and mighty Father, we thank and praise you that your word became flesh and blood. He came to us, lived with us. He came down, glory to self, and did it with great love. Merciful and mighty Father, we thank and praise you that your word became flesh and dwelt among us. Us. Not just the high and the mighty. Not just the preferred, the pretty, the polished, and the perfect. Your word became flesh and dwelt among us. Us. Hallelujah. We now pray the, the prayer the Lord Himself gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day.
May you be filled with the wonder of Mary, the obedience of Joseph, the joy of the angels, the eagerness of the shepherds, the determination of the Magi, and the peace of the Christ child. And may the Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forevermore. Let us worship the newborn King. Our closing hymn is Hark the Herald Angels Sing, number 380 in the Lutheran Service Book. Please be seated. Uh, just uh, a few announcements before we uh, continue with our Christmas Day today. Uh, I want to um, announce, first of all, just a reminder that uh, Elmer Kaiser's funeral is tomorrow. Uh, the visitation is from 9 to 11 here at Trinity with the uh, service at 11 uh, and then the luncheon to follow over there in the uh, fellowship hall. 
And uh, also, please do not forget uh, about our New Year's Eve hymn sing uh, and time of prayer. Uh, that will be at 7 p.m. here uh, on New Year's Eve. And then the last thing that I want to do is there are uh, just a few folks that I want to recognize uh, especially. Where are Jerry and Gloria? Are they here today? Jerry and Gloria. There's, there's Jerry. Is Gloria here? Oh, is she in here? Okay. Uh, I want to say an extra special thanks to Jerry and to Gloria. Um, this season just means a lot of extra work. They were here. Uh, I didn't go to bed till about midnight. Um, and I, I looked over and the lights were still on and they were still here working. Um, so I want to say thank you to you and to Gloria. So thank you very, very much. And then to our organist, um, what service are we on? I don't even know. I've, 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 I've lost count. But um, I also want to say a special word of thank you to our organist, Susan, who uh, has played so well uh, and has worked so hard to prepare all of these um, hymns and everything. So, Susan, thank you very, very much. Uh, and I thank all of you for being here today, uh, and I pray that you have a very, very blessed holiday season, uh, and I look forward to seeing everybody soon. It's been our pleasure to bring you this worship service at Trinity Lutheran Church. We pray that you will have the opportunity to join us each Sunday at 10 a.m., either by means of this podcast at www.fristat.com or in person here at Trinity. May God be with you as you celebrate Christ's birth.